Big fan of this guy, uh, comedian Steve Byrne. I love his macaroni and cheese bit. It's hilarious. <laughs> He's joined us now. He's got a movie coming out called The Opening uh-huh. Act. Steve, what's up, man? Hi, Steve. You? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good. You're going to get too big for us. We love your stand-up, your documentaries, and now The Opening Act. It comes out uh, Fridays. Uh, this, The lead, the star of this, Will Ch- or Jimmy O. Yang. Where did you find yep. this kid? I found him on Craigslist at three in the morning, actually, <laughs> on a misconnection. Um, I found him, uh, you know, everybody knows him from Silicon Valley and Space Force and Crazy Rich Asians. And, you know, when we were casting the film, because it's semi-autobiographical, everything that happened in the film happened to me. People are going to go, that's crazy. Did that really happen? It's like, yes, it, I ended up in a trailer in the woods in North Carolina underneath a trailer listening to a couple having sex above me. Yes, I, I heard, I experienced all that. And when we were casting, it's like, let's get somebody who kind of looks like you. And so we found uh, an Asian sex. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but I, so when you're casting this, how many guys did you bring in? Did you have him in mind? Because it's not It's often, a big role, too. Yeah, someone's casting yourself. So I would, I, I'm surprised you didn't pick like Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, he's available. <laughs> he's available to, to work for scale. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy, look, I'm telling you, this kid, you know, when you're casting it, you want, obviously, I wanted to stand-up comic because I didn't want to coach an actor for two months to how to do it. So I wanted, an, I wanted a comic, but I also wanted a working actor. And there's so few Asian comedians that are actors that are working and and prominently as well so jimmy was first on the list and he he took the he took the he took the bait he i fooled him he did it so bobby lee's really upset with you steve yes dr ken well bobby's gonna have to get used to it um (laughs) you know bobby and i have a tumultuous relationship i love him and he's crazy so (laughs) i i'm just used to it it's fine uh the cast is incredible cedric the entertainer uh entertainer bill burr whitney cummings russell peters and no cameo by one steve byrne in your own film no, there are too many damn comedians. There's no room for me. Like, I was going to put myself in. I was like, well, Ken Jung showed up. I guess I'll, I'll get out here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, you know, with, with Cedric the Entertainer, and I, just going off the trailer, because we haven't seen the movie, he kind of plays a veteran comedian. Does he play himself, or who is he playing in real life? He's playing uh, a version of all the great headliners we work with. Okay. And Cedric plays kind of like a... You know, a, a comic that's kind of on the road in the twilight of his career. He had a sitcom in the late 90s, early 2000s, and Jimmy, Jimmy's character grew up watching him and adoring him. And Billy G., the character in the film, is based off of Billy Gardell in my real life, who's okay. Mike and Molly and Bob Love's Abishola. And Gardell has been such a mentor to me throughout the course of my career. He taught me how to be a headliner. And he has this great line that's in the film that Cedric relays so wonderfully. But Gardell told it to me years ago, and it stuck in my head like a one-hit wonder. He always said, when I was a younger comic, I used to think, I have to make them laugh so that I feel good. Now I know I make the audience laugh so that they feel good. It's the best job in the world. And that was one of those lines I wrote immediately when I was writing the script that flew, flew out like antenna to God um, with pen and paper, and it was all thanks to Gardell. So this film is really a testament to all the comics I've worked with because I've been the MC, I've been the feature act, and I'm now the headliner. And it's just kind of a, yeah. a culmination of all that knowledge and misadventures and mishaps that happen over all our careers. So when Tom Segura saw it, for example, 
after he was, you know, he's in it, so he saw a screener. He called me, he said, I love it. It was so authentic. And he re-triggered all these horrible memories. I thought I was over and now I have to go see my therapist again. So yeah. thanks for doing that to me. So. Yeah, and, and you cover heckling and comedy groupies and hard to impress morning radio DJs. Boy, every comedian has that nightmare story, don't they? That's right. And he uh, did radio for the time in the film. And so I, the first time I did radio, I bombed on Howard Stern. The first time I did radio, it was like you couldn't pick a worse situation. Sure. And then the second time I did radio, I did it on KLOS in Los Angeles. And I bombed so bad, they kicked me off the air while we were on the air. Security escorted me out of the building. And at the time, Sebastian Maniscalco lived literally across the street. I walked over, knocked on his door. He goes, what's wrong? I go, turn on your radio. We sat in his living room and listened to the radio. They made fun of me and dumped on me for 20 minutes straight. And finally, they cut to commercial break, and Sebastian just goes, what the hell did you do, guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's tell everybody about the movie. And the movie's uh, opening act, and it's going to be in select theaters and then on demand so you can get on at Amazon, iTunes, uh, coming up this Friday. You know the thing that you mentioned, though, Steve, because we do this and we have guys who come in from the Funny Bone each week. There's certain comedians, though, with radio that get it, play along. Certain guys will do their bit, but certain guys play along. And then there's some guys who are comedians who are just like, it's a waste of their time and get to be a pain in the ass, too, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it sucks. I, I, I've always been a gamer, so I understand. I get the rules, right? It's, it, this is part of the gig. So you got to do it. And why wouldn't you make the most of the opportunity? Yeah. So there are some comics that I think they're, those are the ones that are the, the artists, right? I'm not going to do my material on the air. Why, and my, I'm always like, well, why wouldn't you take the advantage to advertise yourself. They're giving you a platform, so why not be funny? Nobody wants to hear how you got started in stand-up, you dummy. Nobody wants to <laughs> yeah. hear that stuff. They want to hear the jokes. When I see Oasis, I want to hear Wonderwall. I don't want to hear the new stuff, so let's just get to work, dummy. Yeah. I think, I think radio's yeah. changed over the years, though. Back in the day, I mean, the comics didn't get it. It was just something you had to get up in the morning and do, and the, the club owner was forcing you and yeah. picking you up. Now I think everybody understands understands the platform that they have and if you're headlining most headliners all headliners kind of get that today no no i could name like four or five but the uh, <laughs> i could i could guess who they are yeah you probably could but there was I always the right yeah, now? yeah absolutely guess, let's go let's go Harry spears uh yeah he can be tough yeah yeah he can be tough but um, we had a good time with them but remember we played that clip with Caliendo on him? J.B. Smoove was difficult, but he worked out all right. Uh, uh, Who was the guy for Josh Blue was really, remember? He didn't want to be there. Tracy Morgan didn't want to be there. Yeah. But uh, he's well, Tracy, Tracy Morgan. Tracy's crazy, guys. You know that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was, in a, out of his mind. he was in a down period when, <laughs> when we had him, too. <laughs> there was a young comic that I was working, Big J. Okerson, and he was telling me he was opening for Tracy Morgan one time. And so Tracy picked him up in like a Porsche. They're going to do a college gig together that Tracy was getting paid boatloads of money for. And they get in the car and they drive onto the FDR highway, which is the, 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 the highway that runs along the island of Manhattan. So there's a lot of traffic, right? And they're leaving at night. So Tracy is driving and he throws the car in park. He goes, how many letters in show business, Jay? And Jay's like, what? He goes, how many letters in show business? And he stares at Jay, and then he throws his car in park, and Jay's going, 
show S H O while the cars in park cars are beeping at them yelling at them what the hell's wrong with you you dumb <laughs> and Jay's trying to count as fast as he can and then Jay says like 11 and then Tracy goes that's right and then he cuts his car drive and takes off and doesn't talk to him for another 20 minutes Jay's like, what the hell's going well, on <laughs> hey, you know you, you mentioned a little bit ago about because uh, Jerry's a former stand up comic I've yeah, been seeing I shows for I did for 20 all. years. There you go. When you go to a show now, if someone heckles you, they'll throw the person out right away. But 10 years ago, you that had wasn't to do battle. Yeah. You had to do battle. So, as a young comedian, one, did you worry about your response and getting heckled? And two, what was your response to hecklers? Oh, my response to hecklers uh, to this day is is go for it. Uh, I've been doing this 23 years. I have an arsenal of weapons, so you're not going to beat me. I'm I'm basically, you know, a thousand sure. and oh. So, you know, but early on in my career, for sure, you take those lumps. You got to learn how to get through it. You got to plow through it. And I think that's the great film. The great thing about the film is that you're exposing people. My tagline for the film is you've been to a comedy show. You've never been on the road. And so people are going to be exposed to the fact that you're going to deal with hecklers. You got to deal with the light. You got to get the intros right. You got to please the club manager. You got to do morning radio. And there's all these hurdles that go along with being a professional stand-up comedian that I think most people just don't think about. And unfortunately for our lead character, I'm taking all the worst experiences I've ever had and putting them on the film. So it was cathartic for me, but it is trial by fire. And nine times out of 10, you're going to die on stage. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait yeah. to see this. And, I cannot wait to watch. We should mention everyone too. Bill Burr's in the movie. Did you happen to see his monologue on SNL? They call it like, they're making like a big deal. I just think it's comedy, what he did over the well, weekend. You don't invite Bill Burr and then you're shocked he yeah, did what exactly. he did. Yeah, but he's getting criticized. It's like the dude's just being funny. Exactly. You can't. It's like when you cross a rattlesnake, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's going to start rattling. And if you poke it, you're going to get bit. And Bill is one of those comics that he does not care. He will voice his opinion and his, he gets paid very, very well yeah. to tell his opinion. And nobody does it better right now. He is so, so good. I absolutely love him. And when I was watching the episode, not only for the monologue, seeing him and Moffat together in that scene, the, the Italian mob guys, um, I was like, my God, I can't believe how blessed I am to have worked on a film with both these talented guys because Moffat steals the film. He absolutely steals this movie. And he's one of those underrated performers on SNL. But I think once people see this film, especially comedy fans, they're going to go nuts for him. You know, we should give a plug to, and I thought it was, and I'm not just kissing your ass because you're on. I, I We mentioned this at the time because we had amazing Jonathan in studio. And yeah, he's an old friend of mine. Yeah, and I'm a little a little younger. and I didn't a Detroiter. Know, yeah, I didn't know a lot about him. And I watched your documentary on Amazing Jonathan, man. That was some good stuff. And if you don't know who Amazing Jonathan is or if you just heard of him, watch Steve's documentary because it's really He's still really living. He's yeah, he's been, still living. Yeah. He's still hanging in there. It's crazy. Yeah, if you want to see a great film about a fraternal relationship that should never have happened, it's on YouTube. It's called Always Amazing. It's We're, we're closing in on like a million views uh, in uh, oh, just about a year. So really proud of the fact that that's happened. But Jonathan's great. But like like anybody else, most comics, he's he's crazy. He's legitimately yeah. crazy. Um but nobody better. He's done all the drugs. He still does the drugs and he doesn't apologize for anything, uh, you know, and, and this is when you see like 
what's happened to Jonathan, you got to respect Keith Richards that much more. I mean, this guy is outliving a pandemic. It's like, let's cure his, let's get a swab of Keith Richards' blood and cure everybody with this coronavirus. <laughs> we, we had Steve, we had him in studio and I whispered to him, you're kind of really milking this whole cancer thing. <laughs> Shut up! Hey, what's he doing? Is he playing? Is he is he playing anywhere in Vegas right now? What's he doing? I think he's back in his theater, right? Well, maybe not with the pandemic. Jonathan, no, he's given his health condition. He's definitely home. You know, he's he's staying at home. He was pretty frail when yeah. we saw him. Yeah. Anybody who you know, he's one of those that's certainly at risk right now for sure. And yeah. no matter who he was dating, his his girlfriend, his wife, who no matter who it was, they were part of the act. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know him very well. He, man. he, he had yeah. a type. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Out comes the stage assistant. You're like, God, she's gorgeous, and then. Ten yeah. seconds later, you're married. Oh, he's back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve Bird's with us. The movie this Friday opening act uh, on demand, select theaters. What have you been? We've had guys come through Columbus do the drive-through. Burt Kreischer, uh, Nate Bergazzi did it. What are you doing? Anything to keep active with your stand-up during the pandemic? You know, the only thing I've been doing is trying to promote this film. That's really it. I, I've done a handful of comedy shows, and it's funny because. Before the pandemic hit, my daughter's eight years old. And she was finally at an age where she's she's she gets it. You know, she's like, dad's leaving all the time. And she she got emotional. She was crying. She was at the window crying, waving to me, hysterical. And every ounce of me, every fiber of me want to throw my car in park, run inside and hug her and go, you know what? Dad's not leaving this week and dad's going to stay. Literally the next weekend I come home. Of course, I didn't do that because I got to keep the lights on. Yeah. The next week, the pandemic hits. I'm at home. I'm like, my God, this is great. I get to spend all the time with my family. Six months in, I'm like, I, want, I pull her aside. I'm like, what fountain did you throw a quarter in to make a wish to get daddy to stay home? Because you yeah. ruined the global economy, honey. You yeah. ruined the yeah. world. You should try this one, Steve. When my kids say, why do you have to work? I say, do you like the nice stuff in your room? They go, yeah. I go, that's why. Yeah, you just go to the light switch and just go off, on, off, on, off, on. That's why. Well, congratulations, Steve. The movie looks great. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is behind this, too. Right? Vince Vaughn produced, yeah. Peter Billingsley, and, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. Peter Billingsley, who worked on Iron Man, and you know, obviously everybody knows him as Ralphie um, from Christmas Story. It, it's an unbelievable team, unbelievable cachet of comics. It's so, I, I just spoiled rich with this cast. I, I even look at the cast, I'm like, I can't believe I worked with all those people all together. It's like it's like a $1,000 comedy festival ticket when you look at the cast. Well, it's and unbelievable. it's, it's going to open so many more doors. I mean, you're going to be the new Judd Apatow. Well, I won't be judgmental. I, yes. I, I, will not I will not tell people, you can or cannot say that. I'm yes. not that person. Yeah. I'm not an indoor cat. Yes. Love it. Hey, I've, I've gotten punched in the face. I live life by its own rules. Yes. I don't dictate how it should be handled. He does I'm not dictate. one of those Hollywood hypocrites. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what? I right. love that. Um, hey, uh, what are you working on? You got anything planned next? A lot of rest. Um, you know, after this thing. And uh, yeah, we're just going to go back out on the road. I, I've i written another film uh, with Will Smith's company and we'll see what happens then going back on the road and hopefully we'll get to, hopefully we'll get to, you know, perform in comedy clubs in blue states, not just red states. Look yeah. at you. Yeah, Look you're at great, you. man. You're great at I what love you do, it. Dude. Thanks, Steve. You got it. Thank you guys so much. All the best. Take care.